Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Church, how are you? Y'all good? Y'all look good this morning. And it's, you feel good. Yeah, you feel good. It's a beautiful day. Oh my goodness. Spring's trying to come back, but I don't know. I woke up this morning like, where'd spring go? <laughs> so it's good. I just want to let you know, uh, number one, thank you for being here. We're so glad that you're here today. Maybe it's your first time here, or maybe you've been here a couple times and we haven't had the opportunity to connect with you. I just want to, I just want to encourage you that we want to get to know you, want to get you more information about the church. And here's the best way to do that. Um, in front of your chair, there, there should be a little QR code. If you scan that, it's going to give you a bunch of little diff, diff, different options, like uh, how to connect with us, uh, how to get on our uh, updates, how to give. All those things are on the back of that uh, QR code there. So please scan that. Also, we have a text number, 817-803-3131. If you text the word connect to that number, it's going to bring up an electronic form for you to fill out, and we'll get you uh, more information about the church. And send you a gift in the mail just for saying thank you for being here today. Who likes gifts? Some of you like gifts. So none of y'all are getting these since you don't like gifts. Oh, man. So we are going into a new season um, as spring arrives. Uh, it's time to focus on, on community. And as we dive into the next few weeks, going into Mother's Day and then into June, there's an importance of community that we fail to realize in our lives. There's times in our lives where we feel lonely and we don't know where to go. There's times in our lives where we're looking for direction and we don't know the next step to take. Hello, lights. There's everybody. Now you're gone. It's all good. Yeah, hey, see everybody. What's up, man? What's up? Got to love first service. It's great. But there's often... You know, times in life where we just feel lonely and we don't know which way to go. And we need people to come along and to help us to, to get us to where we need to be. You know, God uses people to accomplish his works. He could do it all if he wanted to, but he chooses to use people. And he chooses to use me and you. And today I want to dive into Ecclesiastes 4. And Ecclesiastes, the, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, which was Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, he gets to the end of his life and he writes this these thoughts down. He writes these things down. And he goes, man, life is so meaningless. It's so comforting when you read Ecclesiastes. But he brings out some wisdom. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7, I want to read this to you because he gets to a moment here and he thinks about his life. Why is life worth living? And he says this in verse 7, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But when he asks himself, who am I working for? 
Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, as I read that, those verses are probably very familiar to you, but we never read the part before that. It's like, I thought about my life. All my life, I'm working to get this stuff. All my life, I'm accumulating. And then I get to the end of my life, and I'm thinking, what good is life without people? What good is my life if I'm alone? What good is my life if I don't have brothers or children? What good is my life? What does all this mean? It's meaningless. It's like chasing after the wind. And so to me and for you and for me today, I think the lesson that, that the writer wants to teach us to this is this, to work and to toil and to do life without someone to share it is meaningless and depressing. It's depressing to be alone. It's depressing to have no one else in your life. And what Solomon is basically saying there is life is sweeter with people. Life is sweeter with peeps. You like peeps? This is an ad for peeps today. Who likes these things? Some people in this row like this thing. There's power in people. There's power in the peeps. And that's the name of the message today. Today, Power in the peeps. So who likes these over here on this row? I'm going to give these out to a row. You want these, James? A toss. Anybody? There you go. Maybe you can share those. This row over here, anybody like peeps? Way back there, here we go. I feel like a Gallagher concert, you know. There. There oh. Have it over here. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. No fights. Life is sweeter with peeps. You need people in your life to bring out the good qualities in your life. There's something sweet about having a people around you, a, a, a community around you. That can pour into you, that can, that can breathe into you, that can help lift you up, as he says. And he says, two are better than one, because if one falls, the other can lift him up. But if you don't have anyone to lift you up, oh, what a horrible thing that is. I know in my life, there's been those times where I needed people, but I didn't realize I needed people. I needed people in my life, but I didn't know that I, I needed them. The writer here in Ecclesiastes is talking about how we need these people, that, that when people in our life, they make our life better. They encourage us. They lift us up. They make us better people. They give us comfort. The passage that says that when two lie together, that's a, that's a term of comfort. You're comforting each other. We need people to comfort each other. When my daughter Emily was very young, she got um, appendicitis. And I was new to the, the ministry, and, and I was just started coming to this church. And, and she was laid up in bed for almost a week, it seems like. And we were like waiting for this. Is we going to take this thing out of her, my child? It's a ticking time bomb. But when they've, while we were there, we were amazed by the amount of people that just came by. Just dropped by, people that called, people that texted us, people that brought gifts to us. We were amazed as we were sitting in that room of all the support that we got from people. 
And I don't remember a, a word that anybody said over us, to be honest. I don't remember any prayers that were spoken. They, they prayed and they talked. But what I remember more than anything is their presence, that they were there to give us comfort in a time of uncertainty. And I didn't realize how much I needed people until I needed people. And there's times in your life where you don't realize how much you really need someone until you need someone. You don't realize that it's what you really need is somebody to be there with you. See, God has put people in our lives to encourage us and strengthen us. And as his church, his people, he instructs us over and over to encourage and love one another. I mean, how many times have you been around a person or a group of people? And then afterwards, you left there going, man, I really needed that. It was so good to be around those people. It really lifted me up. It really encouraged me. Because you never knew that you needed people until you needed people. Life is hard. Life can be very difficult. And as the writer says, woe to the one who falls and there's no one to lift him up. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've fallen and there was nobody there to lift me up. It was hard times. And you stay in that pit for a long time until somebody comes along and picks you up out of that pit. We need people in our life that can come and pick us up and encourage us. People that can strengthen us. People that can bolster us up and say, come on, we got this. You got this. We need people in our life that can pull us out of our problems and out of things that are messing with us so often. Here's a great illustration when me and my wife were having big marital issues. We were even here in the church. I didn't know how to be a good husband. To be honest, probably she didn't know how to be a good wife. We didn't understand how to live like God wanted us to live in a marriage. And we started coming here and we saw examples. We saw people who really loved their spouses, who really prayed with their spouses, who, who, who parented their children the way that God wanted them to. We had people in the church take us under their wing and we spent time with them. And they never sat us down and said, hey, here's how to be a good husband. Here's how to be a good wife. Here's how to be a good family member. Here's how to be a good follower. We simply saw their example and it gave us uh, something to shoot for. It gave us a target. It brought us out of the reality that this is always going to be this way. Like our marriage is always going to be struggling. Like it's, we're never going to connect. There's just always going to be this harshness between us. But when we saw that it can be different, it gave us hope. And we said, our marriage can be better. Our marriage can be like that. We want to be like that. And so we got around these people with strong marriages. And they helped lift us up out of that pit. And I, I believe today, I mean, with God, the Lord's help and those people's help, our marriage is, is better than it's ever been. And it's because I didn't know I needed people until I needed people. I didn't realize what I was missing until I found what I was missing. We needed those people to pick us up and to comfort us. See, we saw for the first time how love and prayer in a marriage worked. We found that example and it lifted us up. And Jesus knew that we needed other people. Jesus even sent his disciples out two by two. He didn't send them out by themselves because, as Solomon says, a person standing alone can be, can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. In Mark 6, you see this, that he sends them out two by two. He called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. Do you know that when two people walk in unison, there's an authority there? When two believers walk out to do a mission for God, to do anything for God, 
There's an authority. There's a, there's, 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 a, there's a unity that's stronger than they are alone. There's something called synergy. <laughs> there's a synergy that happens when two believers walk in the same direction. And there's a whole lot more when three people walk in the same direction. Because Jesus knew that two can conquer, but three, that's a cord that's not easily broken. Because here's the thing, the enemy would like nothing more than to destroy your calling in your life. He would, do, he would like nothing more to pull you apart, to pull your marriage apart, to pull your life apart, to break you, and to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. God, God wants people in your life. He put people in your life to build you up and to help you. When I was voted in as pastor, I had no idea what I was doing. Sometimes I still felt like I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I was, I was terrified. I was afraid. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what direction to go. And then it was people in the church. It was my elders. It was my board members that said, hey, man, you got this. I believe in you. I'm like, I don't believe in me. They're like, I believe in you. You got this. I had other pastors that came in and said, hey, this is what you need to do. I'm here for you. I'm, 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 I'm pulling you up. I'm calling you. I had people come into my life. In that moment of uncertainty, in that moment of lack of direction, they came in. They were that cord that God tied in my life to help me to do what he's called me to do. We need this community in our life. If we don't have a community in our life to help us to do these things, we're going to fall flat on our face. But so often we reject community. Why? If for some reason we think we can do this thing all alone. Like, I can do life alone. But what did the writer say in Solomon? And what did Solomon say? It's meaningless. You get to the end of your life and you have nothing to show for it. You have stuff. But you have no one to share it with, no one to, to enjoy it with. You have no people in your life to move in your life. But you need people in your life. That's what community is about. It's about a group of people moving in the same direction for the same purpose and the same goal, strengthening one another, moving in one another, being there for one another. Next week, we get to do small groups. We're signing up for small groups. We have several small groups that are already formed. I would encourage you to get involved in a small group. I would encourage you on Monday morning to get here. I mean, on Monday night at 6.30, get here. Don't get here Monday morning at 6.30. You ain't going to be here. But 6.30 on Monday nights with the men. On Wednesdays at 7, come. Women, come get involved. Bring your kids. Bring the youth. The youth need to be involved. They need community now more than ever. This is the loneliest generation to ever walk the planet. And the church has the answer because we are the community that God's called us to be. But often we get discouraged and we get downhearted and we get hard-hearted because we lose sight of the, the, the reality of who God is. And we need people to come in and to show us a different view because here's, here's what I know about me. Sometimes I get stuck. Sometimes when, when hard times come at me or I'm facing a situation that seems too big and the obstacle's too, too large, that's all I see. I need somebody from the outside to come in and say, man, that's not that bad. Why are you looking at that? Just walk around it. <laughs> it's like you need somebody to come in and just show you a different way, just show you a way out and to show you a way up. We have to have people in our life. We have to have that community in our life to strengthen us and to help us see the obstacle. 
We need people that can speak into our lives and remind us of God's goodness. And I'll tell you what, I love my prayer time with the Lord. There's nothing better than just me and the Father. There's nothing better than letting the Holy Spirit comfort me, but sometimes you need somebody to come and do that. There's an old saying uh, a few years back that said, be Jesus with skin on. You remember that one? And sometimes you need Jesus with skin on. Sometimes you need the Holy Spirit in the form of a person to comfort you and to encourage you and to lift you up. You need people. You need a community in your life. I need someone to speak into a situation, someone to talk to, someone to walk with me through my pain. I don't know, what the, I don't know where this idea came from that we have to walk through everything by ourselves. but that's not what God intended. Nowhere in Scripture does God say, you got to go through this by yourself. God put people in your life to help you walk through it because there's things in your life you have to walk through. No, you just have to do it. There's no way out of it. You got to walk through it. Plenty of scripture backing that up. Though I walk through the valley, through the valley, right? Of the shadow of death. Jesus is saying we got to walk through some things, but we never have to walk through those things alone. God has put people in your life to help you walk through those things. One of my favorite movies is Lord of the Rings. Remember that one? And there's a scene at the very end of the, of the, of the return of the king. And Frodo and his long friend Samwise are walking up the mountain to throw the ring into the, into the Mount Doom to get rid of the ring. And they're both tired and they're both exhausted. And, and, his, and Sam's friend Frodo is just saying, I can't do this, Sam. And, he, and Frodo looks at Sam and he says, I mean, Sam looks at Frodo. And he says, I can't carry that but I can carry you. And he picks him up and runs him up the mountain to throw the ring in Mount Doom. There are certain things that only you can carry, but you don't have to carry them alone. God puts people in your life. I pray that each and every one of us become a Frodo, <laughs> become a Sam for someone else, a Samwise, a faithful friend, someone that's there, someone that's going to comfort you and encourage you. We need those people in our lives, but yet so often we shut them out of our lives because we think we have to carry this stuff alone. Like this is my pain. This is my burden. This is my, this is my grief. I can't let anybody into my grief or my pain or my burden. And, and God would tell you, yes, you need to let people into that burden and into that pain and into that grief because they're there to comfort you and to lift you up and to bring you to a higher level. And here's one thing I've learned is I get discouraged and I want to give up. When people come into my life, I find new courage. Here's the fact. Our courage increases as our community deepens. Meaning the more people I have in my life, the, the deeper my pool of community is, the, the deeper my pool of, of people who love me and people who know me and people that are there for me, the op more opportunities I have for someone to encourage me but also the more opportunities I have to encourage someone else. But yet so often we just think we have to do life by ourselves and, and we don't let anybody into our lives because we're going to feel like we get hurt by them. I want to challenge you today to let somebody into your life today. Maybe you've shut the door because someone's hurt you and somebody's uh, wounded you in such a way that you can't trust people anymore. I'm telling you, you need to let the Lord deal with that. I need to ask the Lord to help heal that wound so you can let people back into your life because God's been sending people into your life and you've been rejecting them. And you're not letting them into your life and they have, they have the solution to your problem. 
and you're not letting them fix it. I don't know who that's for today. That's not on my notes. But you're not letting somebody fix that issue. You need to let them in. They have the answer to your problem. I get it, man. I'm an, intro, I'm an extrovert. I'm an introvert. Introverted extrovert. I don't know what I am anymore. I can be an extrovert when I need to be. But by far, I am so much an introvert. I can be the guy in the corner hiding and be happy. Like, don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. Just give me my, give me my lemonade and I'm happy. It's, it's easy for us to keep people out of our community. I can be distant without even trying. It's just natural for me. And to be honest, I feel more secure that way, to be honest. But here's one thing I learned, that when I feel like I need to be left alone, that's the moment I need people the most. I mean, think about this. The tactic of the enemy is to divide and to conquer. If he can get you alone, he can have his way with you. If he can get you alone and, and, and set your mind on yourself and your situation, he can do whatever he wants. Community is so vital into our relationships. Remember that passage? Two can stand back to back and conquer. Meaning if you have somebody in your life that can stand back to back, you, they got your back. They know when the enemy's trying to hit you from the side and from the back, and they can protect you and likewise you with other people. That's why we need godly relationships. So they can instill courage into our life. Because we need courage when our hearts get hard. We need courage when life is difficult. Because here's what I found about myself. When my heart gets discouraged, I disengage from everything in life. When I get discouraged in one area of my life, it kind of bleeds over into every area of my life. But it takes someone coming in, saying, hey, man, it's not that bad. Come on, you got this. Why are you down on yourself, man? It's good. Don't let the enemy lie to you to tell truth into your life, to somebody to speak truth into your life. That's what we need more than anybody, anything else. I need people in my life because here's another thing I've learned. When I'm being close to people who are close to God, it brings me closer to God. Have you ever been around people like that? Like they're so close to God, you're like, man, I want to be closer to God. Their faith is inspiring to me. You know, there's a saying that says you're the sum of the, the three people that you hang out with the most. Who are you hanging out with? I guarantee you, if you're hanging out with three people that are not doing the right thing, eventually you're going to not do the right thing. Are you hanging out with people that are living for God, that are on fire for God? I tell you, if you get three people that are on fire for God around you and you're in a circle, your faith is going to rise. You're going to go to a new level that you've never been to before because their faith is going to inspire you to get closer to God. There's something about that that God wants to use. And again, like I said, my courage increases and my community deepens. I need people in my life, which I forgot in my... But I have the drawing up there, so it's good. I have the, the picture up there. So what kind of people do you need? You know, I've discovered there's really four types of people I need in my life because there's four types of people that I've identified in my life. And those four types of people that I identified in my life has really changed my life, shifted my life, and taught me how to be a better person. Joshua 1.9 says this, This is my command, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, but uh, for the Lord your God is with you 
wherever you go. God has called us to be strong and courageous. God has called us to not get discouraged or be afraid. And God put people in your life to help you to be strong, to be courageous, to not be afraid, to not be discouraged. Because the Lord is with you wherever you go. Look, if the Holy Spirit is in each and every one of us, then wherever we go, he goes. You can be Jesus with skin on to somebody else. And these people that I've identified are Jesus with skin on in my life. And so I went to this uh, thing called the quest. If you've never been, I would encourage you to go. And during the quest, at the end of the, of the days that we were out in the wilderness, we had to think about our lives. We had to really deep, <laughs> dig deep into our lives. And at the end of that day, we had a bunch, a packet of letters that people in our life had written to us to encourage us during our, our quest. And as I opened each letter, each person that I read spoke something different into my life. And in that moment, I realized that there's really four types of people that I need in my life. And, and to commemorate that, I took a piece of wood and I drew in that wood what these people are. I think I have a picture of that. There it is. That's Joshua 1.9. And the other side, it's my, let's see, I'm not an artist, okay? <laughs> I'm not a wood carver. But I did the best I could. So there's these four types of people. You have a heart. That's a book. I know you probably don't know what that is. You're like, what is that? That's a horn. You don't know what that is either, but that's a horn. And the other one's a drop of water. No idea what that looks like, but that's what it is to me. So you have heart, book, horn, and water people. These four people speaking in my life. So I want to talk about heart people. You need heart people in your life. Man, these people encourage your soul. There's something that they know. They know everything about you. That's the beautiful thing about it. And they still love you. Isn't it good to have people that know everything about you and they still love you and they still encourage you and they still lift you up? These people inhabit the deepest place of your soul. You're fully known and they fully know you. The people in my heart are my wife, my kids, those people closest to me. A very few select people are heart people. These people have a special place in your soul and when they speak to you, there's an encouragement that comes up. When they love you and, and when they encourage you, there's something deep within our souls that begins to bubble up. Heart people often make us cry <laughs> because they touch our hearts. Heart people kind of make us tick, right? When you think about those people in your life, think about your spouse, think about those people that are really close to you. They have your heart. That's one of the, that's one of the hardest things to give people is your heart. Because some of you have given people your heart and they've crushed it and they've mashed it and they've destroyed it and you're afraid to give people your heart. I'm going to challenge you to, to get with the Lord and ask him to give your heart back. He'll do that. We need the heart people in our life to encourage us. And then we have the book people. Who are the book people? I mean, these are people that share in your story. As I was reading that letter from my good friend, he was telling me about all the things we've been through, the ministry we've walked with together and how our families have been intertwined and, and how we've kind of grown up together in the faith and how our families have kind of walked this thing out together. See, our book people have the privilege and the honor to write a little bit in your story. And you have the ability to write in their story. Book people are good friends, best friends, you know, even family members that you have history with. And these people, they, they can walk into your life 
And they, they, they're in your life for a few chapters, and they may never be in your life again till like the end of the chapter or, you know, the end of the book. But it doesn't matter because you can go years and years and years without seeing this person. The moment you see them, it's like you never left. There's, there's a bond with these people. You need these book people. You need these brotherhood of people, the sisterhood. It says, I know your story. We share in this story together. And when you get together, there's a courage that builds up because they're like, man, I, I know you. I know who you are. You know who I am. Yeah, I think of these, this, these power teams of Buddy, I mean, Buzz and Woody, not Buddy. Yeah, Buzz and Woody, man, what a power team. These guys, these ride in their stories, you know, Paul and Barnabas, you know, people in the Bible like that. It's like these two people that walk hand in hand. They ride in each other's story. They, they live life together. You need those people in your life. You need a good friend that you can just do life with. Because if you don't have this person, then your pages are incomplete. Your story is not very good. I need these people. These people will always remind you of where you came from and where you're heading. You need people in your life to remind you, hey, man, I know where you've came from but look where you're going. That's encouragement. And then there's these horn people. Well, what's a horn person? Well, in the Bible, a horn speaks of strength, right? When the Bible, we see he lifts up his horns. That's, he's lifting his strength up, right? He's lifting up his power. And these horn people in my life are those people that come in and they're, they're, they have an authority to speak into my life and they, have, they speak purpose into my life. Every time I come in contact with these people, they're always building me up. They're always giving me a word from the Lord. They're always telling me who I am in him. They're, they're drawing out the things in my life and pulling them out. That God, the things in my life God has put in my life, and they're drawing those things out. These horn people, their very presence brings power into your life. You know, you're around those people, you just feel more powerful. You, more, you feel more secure. You feel more strong. These people are, are almost a, a prophetic voice in your life. They call out of you what God put into you. They speak authority and purpose into your life. Do you have those people in your life? Do you have those people in your life that can speak into your life like that? If you don't, I would challenge you to find some. Church is a good place to find those people. And then there's the water people. These people water your soul. You know, yesterday, man, my wife came up here and we were watering the plants and we watered these two little flower pots out there. And I took a picture of it. I should have sent it to you all. But the white flowers out there were just withered and poor looking. They looked like they were just sad. And we watered them yesterday. We got here today. They're perked up. They're good. It's like nothing bad ever happened. That's the water people in your life. They come into your life and, and they, they just sprinkle <laughs> good things in your life. And, and when you're feeling down and depressed, they're there to encourage you and to lift you up. They're, they're the people that, that give you peace when you're tired. They bring life. They bring peace. Man, church is a great place to find the watering people. This is called water, Waterhouse Church, so why aren't we those people? Every time you come here, our prayer is that you get restored, renewed, and refreshed, that God pours out his spirit on you, that you, that you walk out of here a little happier than you, let, than you came in. Like you may come in looking like those sad flowers, but when you leave here, you should be like, oh, God's so good. That's what we want. That's what we need. We need these people to come in and to, and to perk us up and give us the life. I remember one time I was 
just came in. I don't know what was going on. I just crashed, hit rock bottom. I was just walking around the church crying. People would come to me, you okay? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not okay. I'm just like overwhelmed. Didn't know where it was coming from. Didn't know if I could stand and speak to people on a Sunday morning. Just felt defeated, not knowing what was going on. I just knew something was broken inside, had no idea. And one of these water people came up to me. I sat down with him and he said, I want to read a scripture to you. He read a scripture to me. And he said, the Lord's going to restore you before you walk up there. And then at that moment, I got up and I came up to preach and it was like all that anxiety was gone. The wave of the, the grief or whatever I was feeling was gone it's because that person had the courage to speak life into me and to water my soul. So do you have these people in your life? Do you have people that can lift you up? Do you have people that have your back? Do you have people, do you have a community that you can lean on? I pray you do. And I pray that you find it here in this church. But some of you don't have this community, so what do you do? What do you do if you don't have those people? You got to go make friends. I'm sorry, but you have to make friends. You know, I tell my, you know, I just tell my kids in the little, if you want friends, you got to be a friend. You got to make friends. You have, to, you have to be intentional about building these relationships. And this is just a selfish plug. You know, small groups are coming up next week. That's a great opportunity for you to have these people in your life. Because every one of these people, the heart people, these aren't just my wife and my kids. There's, there's, there's people that are heart people in my life. The book people, the horns, the water people, all these people in my life I've done small groups with. I've been in life groups with. I've had community with them. And it's because, I believe truly because of small groups that I had that relationship with them. Because they got to know me, I got to know them. It was a deeper level than just coming and look at the back of their head on Sunday morning. There was, there was a community. There was a common unity between us. And so I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you need these people in your life and you don't have them. I would simply ask you to ask the Lord to show you those people. Lord, where are these people that can strengthen me? Where are these people that have my back? Lord, where's the people that I need for this moment? Because like I said, you never know how much you need people until you need people. You never know how much you need community until you need community. Some of you need community right now. You've been praying for God to help you, and he's been sending people your way, and you've been denying them your help, their help. But I want to encourage you today. Let them into your life. Let them encourage you. Let them build you up and have the courage to have faith in them. Have the courage to allow them into your life. Amen. Amen. If I can get the Christian, if you want to come up, if I can get you to stand. So this is how I want to close this morning. If I can get the uh, prayer team to come up as well. Father, I thank you for this word today, Lord. I thank you that you send people into our life. God, you created us for each other. In Genesis, you saw that Adam was alone, and you said it's not good for man to be alone. And Lord, it's never good for us to be alone. And Lord, I pray for those today that are in this church. They feel alone. They're lonely. They don't have friends. They feel like they're just secluded and in a dark place. 
God, I pray, I pray that right now that you would just send somebody into their life. God, would you just send an angel into their life, God, in the form of a person? God, that you would send your Holy Spirit through the form of a person to speak life into these people and to encourage them. God, I pray right now for the loneliness in our country and our community. God, we believe the church is the answer. You put us together for a common reason and a common purpose. We thank you, Father, for that. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me during this message? And ask him what you want, what he wants you to do. Maybe it's join a small group. Maybe it's to ask the person in front of you this morning, you want to go grab something to eat? Maybe it's simply stepping across the aisle and introducing yourself. I don't know what God wants you to do today. But I pray that you would hear his voice and that you'd have the courage to reach out. And today, if you need prayer, man, you may be lonely. You may be the person that God's speaking to you about not letting someone in and you're afraid to. Maybe you need some courage. These people want to pray with you. Maybe today you've been hurt by the church and you don't want anything to do with the people of the church because you're afraid to trust again. I want you to come forward and let these people pray with you because I believe the Lord's going to take that pain away and he's going to start something new in your life as you do that. If you need healing, if you need prayer for anything, please come up and get prayer. We never want to close service without prayer. And also, if you need to give your life to Jesus today, that you would give your life to him. He is closer than a brother. He is the friend that you need more than anybody. And when you say yes to Jesus, you don't just get Jesus. You get the church. You get the community. You become a part of something amazing. And so, Father, I pray that you would draw everyone up that needs prayer. If someone needs to give their life to Jesus, God, that you would give them courage to come up. In Jesus' name.